Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed podcast. I'm so grateful to have you listening. Today, we are going into our FCCLA series, and with me today, our amazing co-host is Miss Ashley Nelson, who is the Professional Development Manager for FCCLA. Ashley was a FCS teacher for six years before becoming the FCCLA Professional Development Manager. So, Ashley, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Barbara. I'm so excited to be here this evening. Great. How did you you get hook, line, and sinker into FCCLA. Ah, thanks. That's the perfect starting question. (laughs) I was an FCCLA member when I was in high school. Our chapter was very small, but our FCS teacher was very involved and excited about the organization. And she got us very excited about the organization as well. And actually ultimately led me to want to be a family and consumer sciences teacher. So I credit Ms. Leah Madison uh, for everything that I have concerning family and consumer sciences. Um, And so that made me excited to be an FCCLA advisor when I was in the classroom and now to give back to the organization. Oh, I love that. I just, I love hearing how the series of people that we've had on the show so far, they've had some sort of connection to FCCLA and have been wanting to give back to that organization and how they have been each impacted by it. So that's fantastic. Yeah, we see that all the time with students that are members of FCCLA. They kind of come out of their shells. That seems to be like the origin story of FCCLA. And so then they, you know, credit the organization for this like rebirth that they've had in their lives. And it's just really fun to see that as alumni or as they're doing their student leadership roles within the organization. Absolutely. Well, as we're for today's conversation, we are going to be talking about affiliation. So I guess the first question right out the gate, where do you start with FCCLA? (laughs) Well, that's a really great question. We get it all the time, especially in my role. I'm always helping new advisors, new teachers. Where do we start? How do I begin? Maybe you are a classroom teacher who is just starting FCCLA, never had it before, or maybe you are new to a current chapter, like something that's already in existence. Either way, you have to start somewhere. Um, So I'll just kind of start with my own story, I guess, because that's the easiest from my perspective. When I entered my classroom, I took over for a previous teacher who had a really strong FCCLA chapter. Not like crazy award-winning national officers or anything like that, but a strong, solid chapter who loved to do community service projects. And so as soon as I entered the classroom, they, you know, this like tight-knit group of FCCLA members came up to me and they're like, we're doing FCCLA, right? And I was like, of course, of course we are. I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to happen. <laughs> um, so I, my advice would be when starting, start small and start with those student members, get them to be the leaders, ask them what they want to do. What does FCCLA look like for them? Do they want to do the leadership path? Do they want to do community service? Do they want to do competitive events? Do they want to do all of it? (laughs) Um, And then balancing that with yourself and what does that look like for you? I would say the first thing you want to do is get members. Um, That's the most helpful piece because they're going to help you. It's a student leadership organization. So you can put them to work and put them in that leadership role of what your chapter looks like. 
Next, I would say talk to your state advisor. Every state has a very capable, amazing state advisor that is there to help you. So affiliation or getting started with FCCLA is going to look a little bit different in each state. And those state advisors are going to be your experts. They're people that are going to help you and see what that looks like. Oftentimes, they might even hook you up with a mentor or someone to help guide you along the way as well. Um, And then finally, just integrate. FCCLA doesn't have to be like this extra outside thing. Um, In fact, we do not like the word club or extracurricular. We want it to be integrated. We want it to be this easy part of what you're already doing in family and consumer sciences because all of our competitive events, national programs, projects, things that you can earn money, it's all stuff that you are already doing in family and consumer sciences. Everything that we offer is tied to family and consumer sciences national standards. It's tied to our career pathways. It's designed to be easy for FCS teachers. And in fact, it's designed to make your program more robust as a family and consumer sciences teacher. So it really is a win-win being an FCCLA advisor. It sounds like it. So being a new FCCLA advisor, how do you manage FCCLA and being a new teacher or new to FCCLA in general? Yeah, great question. I would say start small you know, choose like one thing to start with, with your chapter. So if you're like brand new to it, your students are very new to what FCCLA is, just pick one thing. Um, Whether it's one national program, one competitive event, pick that one thing that's going to get you excited. You're going to focus your attention and energy on so that the next year, maybe you can add more. Um, Once you've been to a competition and you see what they look like, or once you have, you know, submitted that program and gotten feedback and, you know, being able to grow on it for the next year, that's the easy way to start with FCCLA. Um, Or even in your first year, don't dive right into competition. Maybe in the first year, you're just getting your student leaders set up, having a chapter president, having, you know, your students who are in charge of PR for your chapter and doing something within your community, like a community service project. And then the next year, maybe you submit that community service project, you know, you do it again, you do it better, and you submit it for a national program. And then on and on and on each year, adding a little bit more is a really easy way to get started with it. And it gives those students that control. It gives them an ownership over it, that they feel really good about it, passing it on to the next year's students or getting more members to join your chapter. Okay. So we've been talking about the setup and getting our students involved and these rubrics and in that integration. But if you're a new, a new FCCLA advisor, where are you getting these rubrics? Is there some sort of portal that you're going <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, portal is the magic word. Um, Yes, well done. On the FCCLA website, so it's FCCLAINC.org, there is the portal. It's like this big, huge red box that says login. And you actually have two options. You can log in as an advisor into the advisor portal, or you can log in as a student into the student portal. Um, So all of your members, once you are affiliated, will have access to their own part of the portal, which I'll get to in a second here. But the advisor portal is where you want to go as the advisor. And so that is your special piece that you get to access because you're an affiliated advisor. It's where you affiliate, um, but it's also where you get all the benefits of being an advisor. So there's the rubrics you were talking about for the competitive events. There's lesson plans, there's posters, there's advocacy pieces. There's all kinds of stuff that's not for free on the website. It is available to you as an affiliated advisor in the portal. And then your students, um, once you affiliate them, 
they also get access to the student portal. And so they get to go in and they can track their FCCLA progress. They can see like if they've done competitive events every year, they can see all of their like scores and such that they got for that. They can submit for national programs themselves. They can really take ownership of their membership of FCCLA and they have access to resources there as well. Um, so it's really nice benefit for being a member or an advisor is that portal. And you can, most states even have like links to it. Like if you don't go to the national website, you can probably find a link to it on your state's website as well. Okay. Well, I guess that leads into just a natural progression of how does one affiliate? Perfect question. (laughs) Um, Affiliate tends to be like this intimidating word, but it is not. It just means join. It's a fancy word for join FCCLA. Um, And so to do that, to be an official member or join member, you go into the portal. If you're brand new to it, you're an advisor, you create an account. Um, You know, you put in your usual name, school address, email, contact information, info, just like you would pretty much any other thing that you're joining. And then you put your students info in. Um, And this is like their names, their email addresses, their grades, um, that important information. It's secure site. um, And then that is used to generate their student portals as well. Um, And then once you do that, you hit submit. And then you pay whatever your affiliation rate might be. Each state is a little bit different. Each state charges a little bit different. And then there's the national dues as well. So it varies throughout the U.S., but most, I think at most, you might pay like $21 um, across the U.S. Most states are a little bit cheaper than that, just depending on where you are or how many um, students you have in your state, et cetera. Sometimes it fluctuates every year, so you might have to check on that. Um, And a lot of people even... Like this, it's very common, whatever that dues is, like maybe say your state is $21 and then you're telling, you could tell your students it's actually $25. And so then you are already adding a little bit to your FCCLA budget and maybe you use that to buy t-shirts or you use it to attend your first conference with your students at the regional or state level. Um, But that little extra cushion really helps build up your FCCLA fund. And we always tell people, I mean, it's tempting to try to not have your students have to pay, but sometimes them having to pay for their affiliation actually helps them be more committed. You know, we see that as adults when I have to pay to attend a webinar or something like that, I'm more likely to actually attend that thing that I paid for. Um, So again, giving them that ownership and that leadership piece of it. And then um, once you're affiliated, you're a member for the whole year. And so you get those benefits for the whole school year. Um, Affiliation deadline is November 1 nationally. However, you can affiliate until June 1. It's just that your access to everything in the portal goes away until you actually affiliate. So November 1, anyone that's not affiliated loses access to those things. But from like August to November, everybody has access to those as you're like getting ready, getting your chapter set up, you know, figuring out how you're going to affiliate or how many members you're going to affiliate. You have that access to the portal without any stress or contingencies. And then November 1, if you're not affiliated, then you lose that access. Okay. So I guess how big does a chapter need to be? Can you just start a chapter with one student and then let it roll? Or is there a kind of that minimum? There is a minimum of 12 members. And again, some states might have some differences there, but the national minimum, I can't say words, (laughs) minimum is 12 members. And that, like my husband always uses this example. He graduated with six students. He went to a private school. He had six people in his graduating class. And so his school was super small. And so it would have been impossible for his teacher to affiliate 12 members because there probably wasn't 12 members (laughs) 
that would have been available to do that. Um, so you don't have to, like, you could just put a blank in. I mean, you still have to pay for those 12 members. You have to fill up those spots, but they don't have to be physical bodies, which sometimes happens. A lot of people, actually, the more common thing that we see is people affiliate their entire like grade level. Like say you have like freshman family and consumer science is a required course. Maybe you affiliate every freshman in your school. And that way you could use the FCCLA curriculum with all of your FCCLA freshman students. And then whether or not they compete is up to them, but they're all members. And so we see a lot more of that, of people affiliating like super large groups. Um, and then sometimes there are like packages or things that states do to provide discounts for that kind of like bulk membership. So I'm curious, uh, what is what is the history behind FCCLA? Like, how did it get started in our our schools? Yeah, um, we actually just celebrated our 75th anniversary of our FCCLA or the Future Homemakers of America, our previous name. Um, and sometimes we have to give that history. Like we used to be called the Future Homemakers of America. Um, some states called it FHA Hero as well, or the new Homemakers of America. There was several different kind of branches, but it got started as a part of Family and Consumer Sciences, as a leadership organization for students. So it's always kind of had the same backbones that it is right now. We've just morphed more into the 21st century, you know, more career focused, really getting that CTE piece of it in um, and just showing how robust we can be. That sounds a lot like Family and Consumer Sciences and the the how our name from home economics has morphed into that 21st century for our students our future students. So I love that. Oh, this has been wonderful and uh, a wealth of information. I know we just went through a lot in a very short (laughs) amount of time. Can you give like five easy tips, a brand new FCCLA advisor going in? Just five easy tips. Absolutely. Number one, get members. You know, those students that, you know, that talk to you that are excited, that are available, get those members. Even if it's just like three core members, get your members as number one. Number two, build a relationship with your state advisor, reach out to them, communicate with them, ask them questions, um, be aware of who your state advisor is. Three, integrate your program, put it into what you're already doing in your classroom. You'd be surprised how many of our like competitive events, for example, make amazing capstone projects in your classes um, and that you might already be doing a version of it. And so you might only need to alter it a little bit. And now you have rubrics and standards and things that make it even better. Number four, network. Join the FCCLA Facebook group. Talk to other advisors in your state. Find a mentor. Talk to other FCCLA advisors. We all want to help each other and support one another. And it is an amazing network of advisors. Um, And number five, finally, is attend. Attend your region meetings. Attend your state meetings. Attend national meeting. And when you're there, like volunteer. You don't, you know, you don't have to like compete right away. You could jump in and just come as a volunteer and just see what star events look like. That was advice that my mentor gave me my first year. And it took me so far like that first year with my students, we all came and they all just judged star events. And then they got to see what star events looked like and what a good project looked like. And sometimes what not so good projects look like. Um, and it just helped them be more successful so that next year when they did compete, they knew what they were up against and what it would look like. Um, that's my five. Uh, I could do more, but we'll stick with five. <laughs> Let's just stick with five. No, that's great. Now, I, I think, uh, tell me is if I'm wrong or not, is there like, 
is there a system in place for these, I know going into competitive events or anything, but if you're a brand new FCCLA advisor and you're going, oh my gosh, I, I just started this chapter and the next thing there's this nationals, is there like a slow uh, stepping stone to getting to nationals or is <laughs> yes. it just like, boom, you open up your, your chapter and then boom, you're going to nationals. How, how does that work? I mean, you can do it that boom way. You absolutely can. There's no stipulation that says you can't come to nationals if you want to. Um, But most people will probably do, and every state varies a little bit. Maybe you have a local or regional meeting first. Um, Sometimes there's something in the fall that kicks off. Every state has a state meeting. That's where I would start. Go to your state meeting or state conference and see what that looks like and then work your way into nationals. Maybe or if you do want to jump right into a national conference, check out like a, um, well, they used to be called cluster meetings or now we call them fall conferences. So every year we have a fall conference. It's a little bit smaller, different competitive events that are available. Great way for your students to get out of your state and venture somewhere during the school year. Whereas like the national leadership conference is in the summertime. It's a bigger commitment. It's amazing. Highly recommend it, but it's not something you have to boom, jump into right away. So start again, start small. And are there some sort of like advisor summits or meetings or for this mentorship? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for advisors. We offer a training for new advisors called Advisor Academy. It's a virtual training that happens throughout the school year. We offer it every year. Uh, We also offer webinars monthly throughout the school year, um, sometimes more than monthly. Um, So those are great ways to get more information. And we offer a chapter advisor summit, which is a conference. And it actually, this is kind of cool. It takes place in the location of the National Leadership Conference, but like a few months early. So it's in January instead of June. So it allows you to see the location of the National Leadership Conference without your students. So if you're already planning to come to NLC, you can come for this like two-day conference, get a ton of PD just for FCS and FCCLA advisors, um, and then be prepared for for when you come back like six months later with your students. Oh, that's that's great. I had no idea that there was that that leadership academy available for new advisors so that's that's really handy um and i know for our new advisors who are listening there you go i would say mm-hmm. take advantage of every ounce of mentorship that you can get right now absolutely well ashley this has been a joy thank you so much for taking the time to sharing all of this wealth of information that you have and also your own personal experience and how it has affected and molded and developed you to be a leader within FCCLA. That's really exciting and such a journey. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, thank you. And let's continue leading our students with success with FCS better together. That's right. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences, FCS Classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics, from community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more. Each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. 
Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.